Hello, and welcome to Dependisplaining, the podcast where we talk military life and chat a little true crime. I am Jen. And I am Veronica. And thank you guys for joining us for another episode. Jen, I'm so excited to tell you this story. Oh, I can't wait to hear your story. It's it's literally, it's a surprise every time, and I just, I love listening to it. It's, it's terrible and fascinating at the same time. <laughs> but first, let's tell our listeners where they can reach us. How about emailing us at dependentsplaining at gmail.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, yeah, those are all the areas and places you can <laughs> send us your information, concerns, questions. Just any stories, anything. We're here for you. We are. We're here for you all the time. You need someone to talk to. You need to get something off your chest. You need to, I don't know, share a story. Just hit us up anywhere. We will Mm -hmm. get to you uh, Mm -hmm. as soon as we see it. Mm -hmm. And we can't wait. We want to hear stories. We want to hear your stories, your own military-based scandals and stories. It's... All fascinating. Scandals and crimes and mysteries and hauntings and surprises. Yeah. All of those. They're all good. They're all good for the ear. They really are. I mean, it gets you through these crazy times. I know it gets me through all these crazy times knowing, listening to Times are crazy. (laughs) Yes. Crazy times call for crazy stories. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I've been up since four in the morning, as I was telling you, because Kyle has this thing where he's had it since I've known him, and I think it's, like, stress-induced, but he does this thing with his foot, and it's, like, in intervals of, like, 20, 25 seconds where, like, he flexes his foot exactly three times. Yeah, he, like, flexes it three times in, like, like a rapid succession, and, um... It really annoys the shit out of me because it was waking me up because he was doing it right next to my foot. And I would wake up and I kind of like kick him and then I go back to sleep and then he would do it again. And then I think I overheated myself because then I was hot and then I was like, fine, then I guess I'm fucking awake from now on. So I was up at four and then I was just kind of mindlessly scrolling through social media and and mm-hmm. then I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm awake now. And I got up and was went downstairs and had some coffee and was typing up my story, which I guess it gave me plenty of time to type it up, so I hadn't typed it up. Always always a light at the end of the 4 a.m. tunnel, I guess. No, there's not. (laughs) No. There's not. (laughs) Yeah, there would be if I closed my eyes really hard and fell back asleep, but I couldn't. Yeah, that would have been much better. Yeah, and then Kyle slept in until like 6.30 because he doesn't have to be in to work until a little bit later now whatever whatever it's fine (laughs) it's fine i have coffee it's gonna be okay you have coffee your kids are in school and Mm -hmm. you have full freedom right now freedom it's what's for breakfast yeah you could take a nap too if you wanted I want to that'd be wonderful except my son decided to make little clay people and fruits and stuff uh, like all his clay and he was has 
like his little area where he plays and there's like all these little bits and pieces of clay that are just like threatening to get smashed into the carpet. Yeah. So I was like, I gotta go clean that up. <laughs> it was so funny because yesterday my daughter and I were playing with them and I made her a carrot, just a little tiny little carrot out of the clay. And then I made her, I found a wad of brown <laughs> clay that was all the colors mashed together. I was like, here's a potato. And so my son <laughs> thought, oh, what a great idea. And he started making fruits. And then I was like, buddy, put on your shoes. We got to go to school. And he's like, oh, I was about to make my passion fruit <laughs> or my dragon fruit. That's what he said. My dragon fruit. And I was like, what does dragon fruit even look like? <laughs> it's so goofy. And Oh, uh, yeah, there's a lot of it here now, I guess. I've seen a lot of pictures of it. It's weird looking, okay. but I heard it doesn't even have a flavor. Right. That's what I heard, too. It's that yeah. one that it's, like, white on the inside with, like, speckles. Yeah. yeah. And people cut up into cubes and put it in drinks or whatever. Yeah. I know. It's it looks so like strange. It looks like it'd be delicious. Like, really sweet. That's what I was hoping that it would be, but apparently it doesn't have any, like, sort of flavor to it, and that makes me very sad. Well, then it's not worth my time. Exactly. Why would, why would I cut it up and, and try to eat it if it doesn't taste like anything? It's not exactly. worth it. And it's so expensive, it's too. It. It's insane. Oh, see, not even worth it. I bought, I bought one time a star fruit because mm-hmm. I was like, this is probably really juicy. Also, it didn't taste like shit. I don't know if I got, got one but or a bad one, but it didn't taste like anything to me. I was like, it's pretty. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super depressing. Like, come on now, guys. Let's make some fruit that tastes good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, somebody make some fruit that tastes good. <laughs> somebody make a fruit. Somebody make some fruit that actually tastes good and is not $7 for a package, please. For that would be reals. really great. <laughs> Jen, you need to get into the business of, like, planting watermelons and selling them because I know they're okay. very expensive. Yeah, apparently. That would be yeah. great. Grapefruits, watermelons, um, strawberries strawberries what else can i like what else is out there that's crazy apples everything everything, yeah oh good lord it's insane uh for good food i know right um i did want to mention as well since we talked about our platforms as well we are Mm -hmm. also on the meal so muster app and just recently she has now built up her business, and you can now subscribe to her premium oh. uh, app. Um, and it's four ninety nine for the month, and you get all the premium uh, content that you could possibly want. Tons of information, so much uh, reach out to other spouses, other branches. I mean, this app has everything you could possibly need on it. All kinds of content, um, blogs, podcasts. There's a section where it's called Milso Cares, and it has a couple of things right now where you can sign up to be a pen pal with a vet. And then (gasps) there's one other thing on it, and I can't remember now, and I'm so sorry, but seriously, you would be able to see it if you download the Milso Muster app and then sign up for her subscription and get all the premium content you could possibly want soon there's also going to be some oh what does she call it it's a way to put yourself out there for a job so like a linkedin sort of thing yeah sort of something like that where you can start looking for jobs and get connected and stuff like that and it's just amazing i mean this the work that she's put into it and all of that. We're grateful to be a part, and mm-hmm. 
We love it. The mil- military community is just awesome. So hit it up. You know you want to. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. How people subscribe to that. I will be taking a look at it myself because I like that idea of looking for jobs on there, especially like for us that have to move around so much and we have to leave mm-hmm. jobs behind. We have to leave careers behind. We have to start over and probably not at the greatest places to work at. And yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, um, that, but part of it is coming soon. It's still in the works, but it is coming very soon. So everything else on there is awesome and just check it out you know you want to subscribe (laughs) it's a month to month so if you are wanting to do it for a couple months there you go you can cancel then you can come back Mm -hmm. whatever you want to do it's flexible that's awesome great Mm -hmm. great 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 what else you got for us jen stuff um oh what else do i got i don't even know what no what has happened in a week? I'm not really sure. Everything is still just boring. Day. <laughs> it's so boring right now. We um we had our first like full day of rain today. It was crazy. The winds oh, were yeah. whipping. The rain was uh, like downpouring for the longest time, and then it just constantly yeah. rained all day, and that yeah. was it. Any it like any life. news on your household goods? Hmm. No. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? My husband has contacted them again. A few other, a few of the companies, one of the, the company that's supposed to deliver our goods, I think, and then mm-hmm. somebody else. And then still no one has been able to say where they are, if they've left where they last were, if they're somewhere close, or they can't even give us a new date of arrival mm-hmm. so yeah it's going great guys we're on month two and a half <laughs> yeah yeah well you know when we moved from the pacific to europe it took our stuff three months and i had sent my stuff um, a month and a half or something like that prior to us leaving because kyle was deployed Kyle was deployed, and I was just at home by myself, so it was easy to send it off. I didn't need anything. And then um, I think we were in lodging for like a month, and our stuff was available when we moved into our house. So it was like three months that it took. Same thing with our vehicle. Same thing with our vehicle. It took three months. Yeah. Yeah, our, our car took, I think it took about three months to get here Mm -hmm. which is fine i mean if that's what we have to deal with that's what we have to deal with but when you give somebody a date and then you miss that date and then you don't even say anything and nothing ever gets brought up and you don't have any contact that's where we have a problem (laughs) well right because they had told you guys that your stuff would be delivered at the end of august yes and it's now Mm mid-september and here we are yeah. Sitting on the floor in the closet, Jen. <laughs> I know, still. I gotta, like, Jen figure out <laughs> something. I need to look for, if anyone knows where I can find, like, a really cool little foldable table or a stool. If you have any suggestions, I would love to know them because right now I'm using an FMO chair 
sitting mm. on the floor, and yeah. my old bones don't like it very much. <laughs> I know that. Oh, that sucks. It's all right. Hey, you, you know what? Get, I'm. It's fine. Deal with it. You should I guess. get one of those. Um, one of those trays you use for like bed, like to eat breakfast in bed. You know, they have like the little legs on them. Get one of those, and then just sit in bed. I guess. Or set up a lot of pillows in your closet area. <laughs> That's true. I did yeah. receive two of my pillows that had sent in a box, so maybe I'll try sitting up on those too. Yeah. Oh, poor We'll Jen. see. We'll do what we can. I keep changing things. This chair has definitely been one of the good suggestions that I've given myself because <laughs> that's all I do. If it makes you feel any better, this chair is really hard. The one I'm Yeah. <laughs> If it makes you feel any better. You need a cushion. I do. I have a pillow, but it was like, it was shoving me forward too much. And yeah. I didn't like it. <laughs> so I took it down. This is, this is our, these are our podcasting problems because our podcast is free for you. And <laughs> this is what we have to yeah. deal with. Crappy computers, uh, no furniture or <laughs> uncomfortable furniture. Yeah. <laughs> Our podcasting situation is not ideal, but we're mm-hmm. committed, so we're doing it. Yeah, we are. We're here for to it. To make it free to you. Yes. We're mm-hmm. bringing out, do what we can, and hope yeah. that we bring you entertainment every week. Yeah. I have entertainment for you. Guess what happened yesterday? <laughs> what? So I was trying to pick up my son from his after-school activity, and I noticed there was a huge line into our neighborhood, and I was like, what's going on? Like, there's never traffic in our neighborhood like this. So I, I was in traffic for maybe like three minutes. And then I realized like the cross traffic was really backed up too. But I was able to get out um, and go in the opposite direction. And I was like, fine. And I was like, hopefully it will have cleared out. I think it's the time where everybody's letting off work. And we live right near the exit of the base, right? So mm-hmm. I was like, that's probably what it is. And so I left I picked up my son on the way back we were backed up for a while and I was like what is going on and people were starting to like turn around and go in a different direction I was like well I can't do that I don't have that option because I'm only a block away from the street I have to turn on to get to our house right and so I was like what is going on and then all of a sudden I could see like lights up ahead like police lights and I was like, oh, some, somebody must have gotten an accident. So I was like, okay. I was like, I don't have anywhere to be, but my chicken's in the oven. And so I called mm-hmm. Kyle and I told him, I was like, my chicken's going to be done in 10 minutes. And I was like, I'm t- stuck in traffic. And so he's like, how far could you be? I was like, dude, I'm stuck in traffic. Like I haven't moved in like five minutes. So I think we were there for like 20 minutes. Oh, and then dang. we finally got home, like traffic cleared and we got home fine. And then I found out <laughs> that an onion truck overturned at the roundabout. <laughs> spilling its contents on the road oh no (laughs) yeah so i was like i mean it was funny to me but i was like onion truck like that's hilarious and they someone posted a picture of just like the tractor on its side and like the the um the thing it carries with all the onions and there's onions everywhere and i was like oh no that's gonna take a while like that's why there's traffic because it was taking so long to clean up the mess and the people were trying their best to direct the traffic but it was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. An onion truck overturned. It was funny. Mm. Yeah. Did everyone get free onions that helped clean up? 
I would hope so. Right. <laughs> because the whole fucking town smells like onions. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Town, onions, yeah. I love seeing the tracks. It's like um, starting right now is onions, and then in October it's like potatoes, and then soon after it's like um, beets. And then mm-hmm. carrots. And I was like, dang, yeah. we can make soup out of all of this. Like, you could. You just start collecting stuff. everything every yeah. time you see it. And eventually <laughs> you'll get some soup. <laughs> yeah, eventually. Be like, some water? Can somebody add water to this? Let's start boiling. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> soup for everybody. Oh, it's my like gosh. That, that story, stone soup. But all the villagers here are bringing the <laughs> potatoes that fell off the truck <laughs> and onions. Oh, man. That's so funny. Wow. Yikes. I know. Did it was funny. The guy that drove the, the tractor, he didn't get hurt, did he? I don't think so. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think he Was did. it the whole no. thing, his tractor and that trailer he was yes. pulling? Oh, man. Yes. I will send you a picture and you can post it on there. But, yes, it was the whole situation fell over. Wow. Yeah. Onions for all. Free onions, onions for everybody. <laughs> everybody in your little village yeah. gets an onion. Why is the whole town crying? Why didn't you hear <laughs> the onion spell? Yeah. They're crying because they're onion takeover. Crying onions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fumes just affected everybody, too. Oh, yeah. Um, I can imagine. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Also, <laughs> I got a parking ticket yesterday. Oh, no. It's my second one in less than a year. Apparently, I don't know how to read. But uh, I have always parked in this area, and I've never gotten a ticket before. So I don't know why I got a ticket. But it's for 70 pounds, which is like almost $100. Yeah. Yeah. Ew. And it said during restricted hours. I was like, I have never seen on there the sign that says, don't park here during this time. But, yeah, I'm going to go and check it out and contest it because I'm mad. I ruined yeah, my delicious crazy. lunch that I had just had with Kyle. We went to that Thai place. It was mm. so good. It was so mm. good, Jen. Yeah. Oh, so you were parked down in there? I was parked near the Wilco, the one street. Yeah. I parked there, like in front of, like by that tattoo place that's there. It says their tattoo place says no parking, so I parked a little bit further down to respect the fact that their customers would be coming in and out. Right. So I parked there, and it was like one o'clock. And, and the, is there five even a later, sign? I've never seen one. I've never yeah. seen one, so I'm gonna I... have to go look. Yeah. Yeah. And so the t- the cop waited or whatever twenty or f- five minutes. And then <clears throat> gave me a ticket. And then I saw it in my window. I was like, no. <laughs> this is the second time I get a parking ticket. The first one, I know it was my fault because I was in Cambridge. And I was trying to catch my train into London. And I, I parked and I texted the the company that does the, the ticket, the parking, the parking payments. And I texted them with my license plate number or whatever. And I got on the train and I trusted it. Because this is what happened when you and I went to London with the boys when we went to see the Raiders game. Yeah. And I texted and I wasn't getting any confirmation, but it was paid, apparently. It was paid. But I didn't get any confirmation back. You didn't get a ticket, right? No. I didn't. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I did when we went into Cambridge. When I went into Cambridge and I thought I paid for it and I guess I didn't and I got like a 75-pound 
ticket. Uh, and I was like, oh, what was my fault? Because I didn't, I didn't follow through, I guess. I just yeah, well, that they're, I had paid for it. That's, yeah, that's ridiculous. So, because their whole s- setup is just stupid. Like, yeah, text this number and then pay. And it's like, well, I can't get service on the freaking trains anyway, guys. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Well, that's when it works, annoying. it works. And it's a good system, I think, personally. Because you just do it on your walking to wherever it is you're going, you know? Like, when I go yeah. shopping and I park. And as I'm walking... I just am paying for my parking and estimate, you know, a couple hours there and you're fine. And versus having to go and pay for it and then put the little slip on there that you paid for it. So you're having to make all these trips back to your car and then having to like time it right. So you leave on time versus you do it all on your phone and then it tells you within 10 minutes of expiring and then you can pay for it over your phone. Yeah. Just technology, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's a good concept as long as it works properly. That's that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Fucking technology. Yeah. But anyway, so that was my day just yesterday. <laughs> Fun times, right? But Always. the highlight of my day was that Kyle took me out to lunch. He was, like, melting his brain over the computer, and I said, let's go out to lunch. And he's like, okay. So I was like, all right, let's go. And we went to that Thai place and no mm. regrets. Oh my gosh, that place is so good. I don't know how authentic it is being that we're in England, but it fulfilled my needs. It was delicious. It's, it is super yeah. delicious. I want to go back right now. <laughs> if you were here, Jen, I'd be like, let's go. <laughs> yeah, we would go on a you're not, you're not here, Jen. I miss it. I miss it so mm. much. I think I just really miss it so much more right now, too, because we're in, like, full lockdown and we can't do anything and mm-hmm. everything's shut. And so I'm just, like, super angry and mad and mad at the world. <laughs> just That's mad. okay. We are all <laughs> mad at the world right now. Seriously. Yeah. We're all angry. We all We all want to get back to our normal life. We want to go out and, and do stuff, and it's just not available to a lot of us. So yeah, I feel you. You're entitled to your feelings. I tell you this all the time. You're entitled to your feelings. I know. Yes, I try. Yes, have it worse. It's fine. Yes. They're yes. entitled to their feelings. Everyone can feel the way that they want to feel. I mean, I know I don't ever try to be a whiny person, especially a, a new base, and I always try to look at, you know, be positive, like, oh, this is going to be great, and I'm trying, and I just can't get it yet (laughs) it will it's gonna be great it'll you will get there eventually once you get your stuff you're gonna be like okay i'm i'm home now like everything else take it one day at a time it's that you don't have your stuff i think that's why you feel so out of sorts yeah that is super frustrating because these Mm -hmm. beds suck fmo your beds suck well they're not there for your comfort okay so apparently not we had to go buy a a mattress cover one of those like uh, pillow top type oh yeah, yeah down mattress comforter and it helps it's still like divots down in the middle so you know you still if you're turned to one side you roll into the middle and so but um, at least it's mm-hmm. a little bit squishier now <laughs> when i get fmo furniture i'm gonna be like can i have two twin beds yeah i don't want to sleep with my husband <laughs> no yeah, yeah no no because somebody's always going to be in the middle it's not fair Oh, yeah. No, not only that, but we have a king-size bed, and he touches me when I don't want to be touched. (laughs) 
Like, we somehow meet in the middle. It's okay for me to snuggle him, but it's not okay for him to snuggle No, I'm just joking. No, but seriously, like, I'll wake up with, like, a hand on my face, like, across my eyes. Or, like, um, he has elbowed me a few times in his sleep. Or, like, he'll turn with his pillow and then the pillow ends up on my face. And I'm like, you're secretly trying to kill me mm-hmm. right now. Secretly yeah. or just have just no... Just don't care. You're like, I'm going to murder Veronica right now. So she can talk <laughs> about it on her own podcast later. <laughs> about her own murder. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm, that's what I'm going to ask for, two twin beds. Anyways. <laughs> like Veronica tells you guys all the time, just be nice. Um, all the Please. time. That's all I want is just for you and me to be nice all the time. Just be nice. But when the going gets rough and you got to cut a bitch, you cut a bitch. I'll, I'll back you up i will back you up 100 percent. this is what i told my son the other day because he's like oh so-and-so took my my fish shaped bead he found a, a bead on the ground that was fish shaped and somebody took it and i was like dude stand up for yourself fucking karate chop their throat and i was like don't let them take your stuff and he's like oh he's like oh, i don't know about that one i was like just kidding i was like don't hit people but stick up for yourself Mm-hmm. I was like, you're always nice. Stick up for yourself, buddy. I was like, I'm behind you 100%. Whatever it is, I will back you up. I will be your alibi. <laughs> yeah. I will, by the way. I will. That's what be mothers my do. my family's alibi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, speaking of alibi, I got a good story for you. I am so ready. You lay it on us now. So I actually got this off of Dateline. Ooh! Um, it aired a few years ago, and the episode is called "The Alibi." Oh, yeah. Oh, I like that. You did a good. I love that. Look at you in your transitions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I do. I transition really well. <laughs> <laughs> Anywhere I go, there I am. Transitioned. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So. My story, like I said, I uh, found pretty much everything on Dateline. Uh, but it's about Private First Class Carlin Ramirez. Um, so Carlin Ramirez is a young woman from the border town of Laughlin, Texas. Um, she's a very loving person, outgoing, friendly, smiling all the time. And she was always singing. She was always singing. So she loved to sing. So she sang for her friends and her family all the time. Um, she went to college uh, at in Del Rio. Del Rio, yes. And she started nursing and then transferred to criminal justice. So she was like, I don't know what I want to do. I'm just going to try nursing. I'm going to try criminal justice. And then Ooh. she was like, you know what? I don't know if I want to do that. So I'm just going to go be in the army. I'm going to enlist in the army. And so at the age of 22, she enlisted in the army. And this came of no shock to her family because uh, she had come from a military family herself. So her grandfather and her aunt were prior Air Force and her mother was had been in the reserves. Oh, nice. So, yeah, so that lifestyle didn't come. Uh, she wasn't a stranger to it. Um, so she trained in information technology and was sent to South Korea shortly after uh, while in South Korea, she began dating an army sergeant named Malik Kearney. 
So Carlin was attracted to him right away. He was handsome, hardworking, and that really stood out with her because it, like, you know, to her it spoke volumes of his person, and she was, she admired him for being, you know, a well-decorated uh, soldier. Um, like I said, he was handsome, hardworking. Um, she would call home and gush about him to her friends and family all the time, and just really, like, you know, so like, oh, he's wonderful, I love him. So soon after, Carlin and Malik became engaged and they were expecting their first child Aww. so it's all it's all roses for them from here right it seems like it anyways yeah well uh, just so, your description of her already reminds me of the true crime memes says anytime somebody is described as like wonderful and happy and smiling it never ends well <laughs> it never ends well yeah exactly it's a big old red flag on the situation. Now, if I were to describe to you my husband, who I'm like, he's really handsome. He never listens to me, just ignores me all the time and doesn't know how to put away his dishes. Be like, wow, that's a good marriage. It is <laughs> nothing. He's not going to get murdered. That's for sure. Yeah. No <laughs> one's murdering anybody in this situation. <laughs> Except me with my eyes as I'm shooting yeah, at him. You do light up a room, so I don't know. Could be kind of grim for you. Stop lighting light up, up rooms. rooms. Yeah. With fire. <laughs> <laughs> with actual fire. <laughs> uh, anyways, so Carlin, she gets transferred to Fort Meade in Maryland. And there she worked at the National Security Agency. So this place is like top secret facility and, you know, like. Oh, shush. yeah. Yeah. So she absolutely loved her job and took it very seriously as it was all top secret. So she was never sharing information with her family. She couldn't. I mean, she was she couldn't by mm -hmm. law. She couldn't. But as a person, you know, things tend to slip. Not with her. She was good. good. Meanwhile. Meanwhile, Malik at the time had was he was moved to Fort Jackson, South Carolina. So he was transferred out of South Korea, um, and there he trained uh, recruits for chemical warfare. So that's what he did while he was there. That was his his job. Uh, they continued their relationship long distance and tried to make it work as many couples in the military do. You know, I I did long distance for many many months, and we made it work. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially, so, yeah, mill to mill, like we talked last week. Yeah. I mean, even if they were married, sometimes you can't even be in the same post anyway. Right. So, you know. Good for them. They're trying. They are trying. <laughs> so, Carlin is in Fort Meade, right, in Maryland. And she meets a single mother, a fellow soldier, and they get they hit it off right away. They decide to move in together. They, like, became fast friends and decide... They're like, okay, we're going to move in together. You're pregnant. I have a child already. Let's do this. We can do this. And they're like, great. So they did that. And then Carlin, she had some concerns over the security of the house. I think she was just always looking over her shoulder maybe just for protection. Mm -hmm. um, and she had noticed that things had been moved around in the home. Like when seemingly no one had been home, just things that random. She's like, oh noticed like oh that wasn't there before or i don't remember this being like that oh. just stuff like that that worried her yeah and this is a scary situation of course for two young females right one who has a child and the other one pregnant so it's concerning and they may always made sure that their windows and their doors were locked 
But despite these security concerns, the two women, they, you know, made the place their home. So they continued to live there and the roommate, her name was Samantha, she even helped her like set up the nursery for for Carlin's baby girl. She was, you know, she was due soon and she helped her take care of that. So on April 23rd, 2015, Carlin gives birth to a healthy, beautiful baby girl who she named Catalaya Vale Ramirez, which I think they just called her Vale. Yeah. So three months after the little girl is born, uh, Malik and Carlin decide to get married. After all, she goes to South Carolina. They have a small ceremony and uh, they get married, but then she returns back to Fort Meade to continue her work. You know, again, they continue to do long distance relationship. I'm assuming they were waiting to be stationed together after that. They were, I mean, after all, they were both in the army. So, right. Or at least get one of them closer to the other because it was like yeah. hundreds of miles away from each other. Yeah, maybe one um, of them can join. Who knows? Yeah. Um. So then, but, you know, with long distance, it put a strain on the relationship and just things weren't looking well. Things weren't doing good. And I think... Um, Carlin was having a hard time with that. So Carlin's mother, who spoke with Carlin on the daily, she called Carlin on August 25th of 2015, so just a few months, four months after she had her baby. Yeah. And then uh, she, no answer. Oh, Carlin no. doesn't answer. That's yeah. never good. So, I know, right? And, well, this worries her mom because she's so used to Carlin always answering her phone calls. Um, she calls her a few times, never answers, never returns her phone call. She even emails her at her work email, nothing. So, still no answer. She's extremely worried at this point, and she decides to call Carlin's commanding officer at his home. Carlin's commanding officer promises her to have someone on base locate her right away and they will contact her this all happened within minutes she contacts the officer he says what he says about having somebody locate her she hangs up her phone hears a noise outside a very distinct noise that she knows a car is approaching this is so heartbreaking jen um so he, she hangs up with him and then hears she hears a distinct noise of a car approaching she sees the people exiting the car and soon realizes why they are there. Oh Exiting no! Exiting the vehicle. Yeah. Oh no! Exiting sorry, the vehicle. Got goosebumps. Oh. I know. So she sees three uniformed soldiers. Mm. Um. Yep. They are army casualty notification team to include a chaplain. Yeah. Yeah. So they're there and conf- you know confirm her worst fear as soon as she saw saw them. And uh, she immediately knows what this means. Carlin's mother has now received the worst news of her life. Mm. Her daughter is dead. She doesn't get any more information of her daughter's death and is told the baby is in the hospital. Because right away she's worried. She's like, they don't give her any other information. And she asks, where's the baby? And they say, she's in the hospital. That to me would have been really scary too. To be like, why is the baby in the hospital? Yeah. Anyways, so in Fort Meade, Carlin's body had been found in her bedroom by a police officer after uh, a maintenance man had called the police when he noticed the dog that had run into their backyard. I think, I'm not sure how that prompted him to call the police, but what I'm thinking is 
I think he noticed the back door was open, so that probably drew concern from the maintenance man, knowing that they were always very meticulous about having their doors closed and all that. He probably saw the the dog running in and out, noticed the door open, and he said, this is not like them. They don't have a dog. Called the police just to make sure everything was okay. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so out of concern, he did that, which... Good for Thank him, goodness. But unfortunately, yeah, but unfortunately, it really was too late. Yeah. So, inside the police in found in her room, um, the her body, uh, she was laying on the floor next to the crib. Her pants and underwear had been removed, which suggested sexual assault. Uh, in her arms was her four-month-old baby, who police initially believed to have also been a victim but the baby was actually sleeping and unharmed oh thank god oh in her in her mommy's arms i know how does that oh my god thank god it unharmed but crazy that she's still like cradling her child even though protecting her child yeah from this monster thank god they didn't do anything once yeah. they finished with her, I'm... Mm-hmm. Wow. So, investigator, investigators soon discovered that Carlin had been shot three times, and they actually even recovered a bullet from the floor, which helped them to narrow down what type of gun was used in the crime. Mm-hmm. Then they dusted for prints, collected hair samples, all of that. There was no, no mention after that if... Uh, she had been sexually assaulted or if they like made it look like she was sexually assaulted because she was missing her bottoms so that wasn't addressed after that initial mention um as always the spouse is the first one they investigate right so they not only inform him uh, malik that he his his wife his you know new bride was dead brand new wife Um, yeah so Malik had received very little info as to what happened to Carlin. He seemed heartbroken during the investigation. So Malik claimed to have gone to work, gone home, and stayed home until he had to be at work. The following day, he had no contact with anybody. No one was with him. This all checked out. He appeared to have nothing to hide. He even volunteered his phone, fingerprints, as well as providing a DNA sample. He gave the go for police to search his property, and his neighbors even claimed that he was home. Like, they saw his car there. So they are like, well, his car didn't leave. We saw him arrive, and it never left, so he was home because um, it never left the parking lot. Everything checked out. Even his, like, his Netflix account checked out, saying that he was active at that time of the murder, like he was watching TV, and it all put him at home. They even did, like, a license plate reader all the way to Fort Meade. You know how, like, sometimes like a toll bridge or like if you stop at a gas station, oh. all that like registers, nothing. Yeah. Um, and the trip itself would have been 15 hours. So if he would have gone, it would have been like nonstop. He would have had to stop somewhere to fuel up. Yeah, put a bookmark on that. They let him go. They let him go. But, but it soon comes to light that Carlin, despite having been newlyweds, was planning to divorce Malik. She just wasn't happy with, yeah, she wasn't happy with the situation. I think 
motherhood changes someone, you know, and like she realized that she was probably on her own doing this and that's not what she wanted and she was a strong woman and she was like, yeah. F you, I don't want to be with you anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this on my own. Um, so the relationship had been very iffy from the beginning because Carlin had actually been seeing another man at Fort Meade prior to her and Malik's wedding. So she had been involved, no. maybe a fling, whatever, and she still right. married Malik, but probably realized you're not the one for me. Yeah. Yeah. So. Thinking, hey, we have a baby together, and maybe this is what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll work out. Yeah. But that doesn't always exactly. end up working out. Exactly. <laughs> I've said this. A baby does not fix a broken relationship. No. It does not. Okay. So. The police was also trying every angle they could to include include Fort, the Fort Meade boyfriend, thinking that it was a love triangle. However, upon investigation, the boyfriend also checked out. He was actually really devastated to hear the news of Carlin's murder, and he provided all the anything that they needed for him to like be cleared of it. And he was. So now her friends and family are baffled over this senseless crime. They even start suspecting that Carlin could have been involved in some spy thing, that she might have sold national secrets to spies, and that could have cost her her life. Or maybe mm, even come across yeah. information that she wasn't supposed to hear. They even right. asked, like, they even, like, asked her mother, hey, did she, like, happen to come across, like, a, a lot of money, like, that someone might have been paying her? And she was like, no, it's all, it, it was all rolled out because it was just a conspiracy, you know? They're just trying to hit every angle they can, see what sticks, see what right. they can work with. Yeah, of course. You have to. Yeah. So then crime scene investigation continues for a month. Um, Samantha, the roommate, she continued, she was like living in fear because she thought that someone broke into her home. And at this point she's thinking, oh my God, like a stalker, like did she have a stalker? Did we have a stalker? Was it a hitman? Was he here for her? Mistaken her for me? Like, um, or a serial killer? There was no serial killers at the time in the area. Um, but it was always, you know, it always a thought in the back of everybody's mind. There yeah, was there's just sure. no no suspects uh or leads that, like all the leads had been exhausted so there was nothing to go off of. So, yeah. The investigation slowed down with no leads. There was a $20,000 reward for information on the case, but there was no promising leads. So, in come FBI profilers, right? And they think that this crime was done by somebody that knew her personally. This is what was deduced from everything that they gathered. And um, Maryland detectives and the Army's criminal investigation department had been like very discreetly collecting electronic info from Malik's phone. Even though Ooh. they didn't find anything and the phone put him that he was at home, right? Because, you know, it pings from towers or whatever. Right. But they, you know, technology right now, everything's traceable. So, yeah. Malik's phone was part of the property search. So, they, of course, they were going to test it. And a month later, they had collected data where they recovered many texts and phone calls to a woman named Dolores Delgado. She was a former soldier living in Florida, and they discovered that Dolores was actually in South Carolina at the time of the murder. 
So they're like, this is this woman, like, there's a lot of recorded phone calls, uh, or not recorded, but like on the record, there's phone calls to her, texts to her, let's just follow this. Then they realized she was in Florida at the time. I'm sorry. Was it Florida? Did I say Florida? No. South in South Carolina. Carolina. Sorry. <laughs> oh, South Carolina. No. Yeah. yeah. And they actually placed her not only in South Carolina, but at his house. <gasps> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, God. There's oh, more. snap. Yeah. So in March 2016, nearly a year since the murder, Police show up at Dolores Delgado's house in Cocoa Beach, Florida. The police introduce themselves and they say, hey, I'm blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm Sergeant whatever, police officer or whatever, however they introduce themselves. They want to talk um, and Dolores answers. She goes, oh, about Malik? Question mark. Right away. Wait. They knew. Yeah. What? Yeah. She right Already away, she, she like, kind of gave, gave her away. safe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she already right away she knew what it was for so she's giving herself away oh. yeah so wow. she goes back to the sheriff's office with the police and she's questioned about her whereabouts on the night of the murder now dolores admits to being with malik the night of the murder she admits to it which malik had said i wasn't with anybody right she also admits mm-hmm. to having an intimate relationship for several years with him um <sighs> which he said in the interview that he was faithful to Carla. Uh. Yeah. So now police know that Malik had lied to them, to the authorities, He's including about being straight faithful. Up liar. Yes. And he uh. was also questioned about about the whole faithfulness. And so that was a lie. Yeah. Malik had claimed he was alone and hadn't communicated with anyone. He had mm-hmm. wiped his phone of all those texts. And calls. He had wiped it, or so he thought. But Dolores had info on her phone to include info on owning a gun to which she denied having. So they questioned whether she had ever owned a gun or inquired about a gun. And she she said she was totally uh, ignorant about guns. She didn't know anything about them. She had never owned one. Yeah. So no knowledge of firearms. But her phone showed <laughs> otherwise. Oh my yeah. goodness, could you be any more dumb? I know, so fucking sloppy, right? Her phone showed that she had searched for a very specific type of gun and that she had indeed previously owned a gun because she compared the prices. So whoever she was inquiring about this one specific gun, she had said, well, I had um, owned one before and it only cost me this much, so I want to stay around that ballpark of a price. So that's oh, evidence boy. one, right? So all that mm-hmm. info that led police to a gun shop near her home because I believe she posted it maybe like on Facebook or inquired about the gun on Facebook to this Stupid. specific. I know. <laughs> it's really infuriating. On Facebook? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So she had inquired about the gun with this shop. And so that led police to this place. And the gun shop had records of guns sold and they found receipts and a federal firearms transaction record for that specific type of gun that she had inquired about. Both forms were made out to her, to Dolores Delgado. So come on, come on, right? You can't deny all the evidence against you. Oh my God, you're so stupid. I know, but it's still not enough to like say it was her. Um, 
so and the gun that was purchased it matched the gun caliber used to kill Carlin so this didn't give her a away right away because it only narrowed down the type of gun so it wasn't like this is a specific gun but it narrowed down to a certain type of gun but police were Mm -hmm. now even more suspicious because she had lied about owning a gun and Malik had lied too about all the you know information that they had questioned him about Um, but police soon learned that Dolores had put up a box of ammunition for sale on Facebook oh my god yeah (laughs) again with the Facebook just some uh, criminals aren't very smart. <laughs> no. Yeah. But she apparently still... has never done this before in her life. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I know. Gosh. But still, police couldn't say it was the same bullets. That, but it, it matched all the characteristics of the bullets used for the murder. But they couldn't say these were the same bullets were used. Yeah. Um, okay. So during the investigation, Dolores actually moves in with Malik in San Antonio. At this point, Malik had moved to San Antonio to be closer to their, his daughter, to him and Carlin's daughter, because she was now under the care of Carlin's mother. Well, thank goodness that's where she was. Yeah, so he gets stationed in San Antonio while Carlin's and his daughter lived with Carlin's mom in Del Rio, Texas. Yes? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so Dolores moves in uh, to be near him, not with him, but she's near him. Um, so let's going back to the phone records. Malik had wiped his phone clean, like I said. In Dolores's phone, they found all those texts. They were communicating even about like gas mileage, <laughs> like <laughs> gas mileage. Yeah, on on like going back and forth from uh, South Carolina to Maryland. But now with all the data found from Dolores' phone, the police were able to conclude that Dolores was actually the one at Malik's Malik's apartment pretending to be Malik. Using his phone (gasps) and Netflix while Malik drives Dolores' car all the way to Maryland. What? Drives straight back. This was the police's theory. Okay. Right? Okay. So, 13 months after Carlin's death, Dolores and Malik are arrested in San Antonio. Soon after the arrest, police receive a phone call from an ex-boyfriend of Dolores. Oh, I forgot to mention the gas cans. Okay, gas cans. So, they had all the, the mileage, like they had talked about the mileage on the text and about purchasing gas cans too. So, to be able to have enough fuel to get him or her at this so point, they don't still stop. don't know. So they don't stop. They could just pull over oh. anywhere and do that. And just um, fill up and, they, and not get, not yeah. leave receipts for yeah. one thing out of all the things that they've done. <laughs> exactly. So they had found the proof, the proof that they had purchased these GANs at a, at a Florida Home Depot. So she actually purchased them before she left Florida for South Carolina. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. So at the beginning of the investigation, it seemed impossible that Malik could make the drive to Maryland without being detected, like stopping a gas, like I said. But now with all the data found from Dolores' phone, the police were able to conclude that Dolores was in Malik's apartment, you know, using all his stuff. And this was their theory. So like I said, 13 months after Dolores and Malik are arrested in San Antonio, soon after the arrest, police receive a phone call from an ex-boyfriend of Dolores. 
Oh, boy. He claimed to have helped Dolores dispose of a gun. Police then meet with said ex where he claimed to not only have destroyed a gun, but to have um, also burned some clothing and sneakers. Mm. Yes. Um, he says he helped her dismantle the gun and together they threw it off a pier in Florida. And soon an FBI team were on the hunt for this gun. So they recovered it. They recovered oh, the gun at the God. bottom of the water, bottom of this creek. Uh, wow. It was rusted and covered in barnacles. They examined and reconstructed it. And they noticed that the serial number had been grounded away or ground away. But they have special technology, I don't know, like a special type of restoration where they use acid to, like, for the number to restore itself. I don't know. He said, the guy that was explaining it said because when they they initially put in the engraving of the serial number and makes, like, an indentation in the gun. So even though he tries to uh, ground down the serial number, they were able to, like, peel off these layers from the gun using the special acid, and the numbers were revealed. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so they were visible once again, and they they would also try to match the marking on the bullet from the crime scene because they able they were able remember to recover a bullet, um, but the gun was in no state to be fired, like it was just destroyed. Um, but the barrel of the gun was removed, cleaned, and attached to a working gun to test it out to so a gun similar to that, um, and they were they were able to test it out. They were able to fire from it. So let's skip forward a little here. In August of 2018, Malik's trial begins. He's being charged with an interstate travel with the purpose of domestic violence resulting in death. Jurors are shown all the digital evidence, including a picture of her odometer, of uh, Dolores' odometer um, mm-hmm. that was they found on there, I guess, to say, like, this is how much you're going to travel before you need fuel or whatever. So that was on there. One particular text message, text message has Malik test firing the gun where he claims this gun is so darn loud. So he tested it and texted her saying it was too loud. And uh, this puts Dolores' gun in Malik's hands, right? Yeah. So that's big evidence. Oh. The serial number on the gun was restored, like I said. All of the numbers except for one, and they all matched the bill of sale from the purchase of the gun from that shop. Yeah. So the test fire uh, all matched the gun recovered from the pier. Of yeah. course it did. Yeah. It, yeah, exactly. And another piece of evidence was a video of Malik during the initial investigation where he is informed of his wife's death, but he never asked how his wife died. <gasps> never. Because he already knew. Because he did. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like that would be the first question. (laughs) Would be the first question, right? Be like, oh my gosh, how? How did this happen? When did this happen? Where? Yeah. Why? Where? Nope. Yeah. It would be amongst, yeah, all of the questions. Like when, why, how, what happened to her? What is wrong? You know, a million Mm -hmm. questions. I mean, whether it's one single question or it's a million of them at one time i mean at least you're asking how why how this happened oh wow my god he yep (laughs) he was so dumb i know both of them 
I mean, not that I'm condoning that you should hide and you should definitely murder people and then be really sneaky at it. No. But don't but be surprised just, when you're caught. You're so, yes. You just, you think you're being sneaky, but you're really not. You're stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah. So at this point, Dolores has already agreed to cooperate with the authorities, <laughs> right? She's going to try to save her skin. I mean, got to do what you got to do, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, she's still involved. So prosecutors argued that Dolores would do anything for him, and she backed that up on the stand. She testified how she had given Malik her gun, her car, and those gas cans. So she provided him with all this, and she provided the police with that information. She was even... <laughs> She even packed him a little snackety snack for the long drive. Oh, my she God. She made him a sandwich. Yeah, so he didn't have to stop to drive. Be like, just a sandwich? Be like, I need snacks. It's yeah. a long drive. You said it was yeah. like 15 hours? 15 hours, yeah. So it was, you know, so it was a, lot, a, ro- a round trip, 15 hours. Round trip. Well, still, that's a long time. I need yeah. Cheetos and chips and snack yes. bars and trail mix and... Yeah. A sandwich. Yeah. Maybe a Red Bull just to keep me awake. A hoagie. Yeah. Yeah. Some chicken nuggets. Yeah. But only just the tops. <laughs> only just the beginning of the chicken nugget. You don't eat the end of the chicken nugget. Never. Oh, my God, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not even go there again with that. <laughs> ah! Yeah. So she <laughs> packed them a sandwich. Um, let's also not forget she provided him with all that electronic evidence, right? With her, with all the stuff that she did. Yeah, I'd say that is, that's pretty smart there. You're being a little sneaky. I see that was smart because it's like, yeah, you can see, clearly see from at least just from towers and whatnot and Netflix. But she had, but she had all that evidence on her phone too. Yeah. Yeah. So she wasn't too clever about it. And no. the defense, yeah, and the defense argued that nothing was proven, that someone else could have done it, that they perhaps should look at Dolores herself. But the jurors mm-hmm. didn't buy it and found Malik guilty of Carlin's murder. He was sentenced to life plus 10 years. Good. Dolores was sentenced to 17 years for her part in the crime. And now uh, Carlin's daughter lives with Carlin's mom, where she is cared for with the help of her family. Thank God. Uh, she's reminded daily of her wonderful mother and the immense love she had for her. And yeah. That is the story of the murder of Private First Class Carlin Ramirez. Oh, oh that was great. You know, right? You did an awesome job. I'm so... I'm so grateful that the daughter, her daughter lived. I mean, it's obviously so awful when yeah. your, uh, her mom is murdered, but they, thank oh, God he didn't go ahead and kill his own child, too. Ugh, I couldn't even, yeah. oh my God. I can't even wrap my head around all of that that just happened. <laughs> I don't understand why he would do something like that. Seeing yeah. as she was giving him an out. Why she would she? Him, she wanted a divorce. Yeah, why would it matter? Obviously, they weren't even living together. So what's the deal? Like, I, what was he so worried about getting a divorce for? Like, what he'd already, he was already in another relationship, obviously, for many years. So why? Several years. Yeah. Why does it matter 
if you get a divorce or not. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. what was his reasoning? What was his, why did he need to have her dead? Why? Exactly. Exactly. I don't know. I mean, and it was definitely premeditated if, if yeah. they had everything planned out. But yeah, it's like she was giving him a now. She was get, offering him a divorce. Not offering. She was asking for a divorce. And right. he could have he could have left. Like he could have just continued to be his player self, whatever. Continued to be an asshole. Yeah. Um, did he not just? But, did he not want to pay child support? Was he worried about that? Like I don't understand. Who cares? I'm sure she would have been perfectly fine doing it on her own. Right. But um, I think her family thinks that he was really upset that she was a woman who stood up to him and wasn't going to deal with his bullshit. Mm. And that's probably what what um one of the factors to yeah. this decision of his. He didn't want this woman to tell him that they were going to get a divorce. He would probably the, be the one that wants to have the whole control out <laughs> of everything. Himself. Maybe, maybe, yeah. and we no. don't know what happened, like, when he went in there, there's been no information released as to what he has said, like, if he's even admitted to doing it, and what happened when he went in there and, and shot yeah. her. Ugh. What a scumbag. Like, no, that's not, does no one ever no, I know. learn or remember? Like, that is not how you... Get out of a marriage. That's not how you do it. This is not how it works. You can't just go around and kill people and and expect to not get in trouble for it. Well, not only that, but it's like you can't stay married to someone but continue to have affairs on or, you know, relationships on the side for several years. At least not with the consent of your spouse, you know? Yeah. If you're, like, it's... You're cheating. It's lying. You're straight up lying. If you're if you're you and your spouse agree to it, then go ahead. You do you, boo. Swing away. Yes. But it's it's awful. Like you're a coward, and you are less of a man for doing that. For thinking that you can get away from that, or less of a woman if you've done it as well. Like you're not gonna get away with it. How do you live with yourself with that? And then and then like oh, I'm gonna go kill my significant other because I don't want them in my life anymore. Yeah. That's not how it works. No. Then none of it makes sense. None of his motivation or anything makes sense. He was already with somebody. He already, he was going to get a divorce. She wanted a divorce. So what, Mm -hmm. like, none of what he did made any sense. And he could have spared her life and just moved on. They weren't even living in the same state. So why would it matter? You wouldn't even be seeing her. Right. Ugh. Right. And now did he go with the intention of murdering her and the baby? And he just couldn't bring himself to doing it to the baby? Yeah. But it's like now you have left an innocent child without their mother. Yeah. Like what is the point of that? Yeah, that's that's the worst when something like that happens and you have parents and you have kids involved. It's like you think you're doing this good thing while by getting rid of one parent and you're going to be the sole provider of this child. No, you no, you're not going to get away with it. You're going to get caught and now that parent that child's not going to have any parents. Yeah. You've been caught in oh. your prison where you deserve to rot. Yeah, forever. Forever. Yeah. And same with Dolores. Like, you had a big old part in it. Mm-hmm. Now you're suffering the consequence. I personally don't think 17 years is enough. No. For someone who helped orchestrate this crime. 
No, she did a lot for it. She got the gun. She then mm-hmm. she bought the gas cans, and then she gave him her car, the gun, and then stayed and made sure it seemed like he was still home by being all of mm-hmm. on the devices and everything. Like, no, yeah, you she helped out. She yeah. Every she knew what his intentions were. Yes. Ugh. Ugh. Anyways, people. Yeah, that's my story. It's awful. Yeah. Well, what you got for us, Tim? Well, this week I thought we'd talk a little bit about the key spouse program. Ooh, you and I are key spouses. Well, I'm not anymore now that I'm moved on to another land (laughs) it doesn't carry over um well so there's already key spouse here for the unit so i'm not another one i know well so that's the thing um with with my husband's job it's contracting and they're such a smaller unit they're not they're not very big they don't have a lot of people they don't have a lot of members it's usually a tight-knit group of people and so they're ever since I started becoming ever since I became a key spouse the first time um there's only been one sometimes two it'll be like either the commander's wife or like a higher up officer's wife that'll come and uh and help out as well but Mm -hmm. nothing big where you know I've you know everyone's got all these like Oh yeah, I mean, there's like five key spouses, and I'll, you know you each get breaks down of different spouses that you take care of. And like I remember in Kansas, where it was like the maintenance group, there was I think there was two maintenance groups. I don't know, but they had a, a, just a shit ton of key spouses, and it was crazy. And I think it's nice to like a family, uh, but they would have like different colors. Oh yeah, like I'm. I'm the red spouse, uh, my, my, mine's the red group, or we're the blue group, or, you know, so they kind of broke up in colors, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. But for those of you that don't know what the Key Spouse program is, it is a Air Force um, program, this specifically. It is commander appointed, so your, your, your um, spouse's unit's commander has to basically appoint you sometimes it's like a letter that they send to the airmen Mm -hmm. and family readiness to saying like, Hey, I would like so-and-so to be the new key spouse type of thing. Um, they are a vital resource to command teams to support air force families. Um, they're there to increase resiliency and unit cohesion amongst military members and their families. They Mm -hmm. maintain continuous contact with spouses and families and they're especially there for those families during separations and deployments. So that's like the biggest thing you hear a key spouse that is around is when there are deployments. The key spouse is there to get in contact with you, make sure you're doing okay, ask if you, you know, need anything, if you need help with something, if, especially if you have children. They're there to be that middle man between you and your spouse's um, squadron, like basically. And, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, that's what that's what they're there for. So they're mostly there for the big stuff, the separations, the deployments. They're really there on top of it, helping you guys any chance, anything mm-hmm. that you need. Um, but they are also there 
in those other times too with even if your spouse is not gone you know they're there if you need something uh if you have any questions about what's going on in the unit because we all know if your spouse is anything like mine you never hear about (laughs) anything that's going on yeah you know so they're there they get all the latest stuff they you know um they usually are the ones that are talking to the commander or they're talking to the first sergeant and getting all the information. The Airman Family Readiness Center is the one who um, holds ownership of the key spouse program. But obviously the commanders are the ones who appoint who the key spouses are. There's also key spouse mentors who are the ones that have been doing this for a long time. You have to go to extra training, which I'll mention about that as well if you want to become one a key spouse that is so a key spouse like i said you've got to be appointed by the commander which you can get in contact as well if you're kind of interested and you want to see if maybe you can become one for your unit you can always ask your spouse or you can get in contact with the first sergeant or the commander and just just you know initiate contact with that or Mm -hmm. even the family readiness center they can definitely help you with that Check with your local base because a lot of times different programs require different things. Um, The letter, obviously. And then there's training. There is mandatory training that you have to take. Um, It's the Key Spouse Program training. And uh, it just kind of goes over all the basic stuff of what you'll be doing, Mm -hmm. how you're helping, and um, how to be in keeping contact, all that kind of stuff. And then sometimes they'll also require you to take other trainings. I know I think pretty sure suicide awareness is uh, you have to take that every year. Mandatory, I'm pretty sure. The last one they told me, I can't remember. But um, there's also HeartLink, which is, I think anyone should take HeartLink when you get to a new base because then you get to learn about all Mm -hmm. the stuff that goes on, not only just in the Air Force, but then specifically at your base and, you know, when you're new. I think it's a great resource to know. Right. And then you can pass it along to your new spouses. Yeah. So how can a key spouse help you? The biggest thing I always come across um, is people always asking on spouses pages like, hey, mm-hmm. does so-and-so know who what this key spouse is? Or they ask like specific questions and people are like, oh, you should talk to your key spouse. And so they'll be like, what I don't have a key spouse. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what? That's kind of crazy to hear. Um, but I'm also not surprised because when I first became a military spouse, my husband was in maintenance. And that's a huge squadron, as everyone knows. They're mm-hmm. massive. And just shortly after we had our daughter, he got deployed for five months. And I was never contacted by anyone. I didn't even know what a key spouse was. I had no clue. The only thing I ever got was the mail home letters from the Airman and Family Readiness Center talking about the uh, deployed spouse things like the hearts apart activities for families and for single spouses as well. Mm -hmm. But nothing ever from the squadron... Except for one time when I had a heart attack when somebody from his office called me to see if I was oh, doing okay. Scary. And you don't scary. do that. Do not let mm-hmm. them do that. That's terrifying. It uh. is the scariest thing. <laughs> yes, I've had um, 
when Kyle was deployed, I think the last two times he deployed, I asked him, like, please don't have them call me. Yeah. Like, don't. I was like, it scares the shit out of me. I was like, I have contact with you. I have email contact. Like, they can contact me through email, but every time that phone rings, they're like, this is Sergeant so and so I was like, oh, my yeah. God, what happened? It's yeah. scary. Yeah. Don't show up at my house either. No. Unless you absolutely have to. No. Don't. It, I, like, yeah, I can't. It was, oh, no. It was terrifying. I don't do that. You'll give somebody a heart attack and unnecessary, you know, anxiety for the rest of the night. Please don't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like I said, I didn't know what a key spouse was until we moved to my husband cross-trained and we got to our new base and I became the squadron's first key spouse. So I have some experience since 2013, I think is when I first started up until now. Mm-hmm. And um I mean, mine is a lot different than a lot of people's. Like I said, we were very small, so there's usually only one of us, and there's not a lot going on. I mean, maybe one of, one of the members is deployed, and just so happened to be mine that was deployed at the time. So yeah. I'm like, yay! Hey, Jen, how's it going? Oh, not bad, Jen. I'm doing okay. Doing hey, great. Jen, you need yeah. anything? <laughs> no, Jen, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I mean, that's what you do. I mean, that you're there for those spouses, new spouses, you can get their information from the, um, from the squadron. They should have updated information on spouses, um, information, email, phone number, all that stuff. And then reach out to them right away because a new base is scary, whether they're just coming to a new base and they've been in for a while, or they're a brand new spouse to the military, they don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. I mean, you are their first link to everything. And that is, I think, most important. And Mm -hmm. I hope that things are kind of getting better in that sense, too, because I know there's a lot of uncertainty with that. And people kind of look down at the Key Spouse program as like, oh, well, they're just power hungry wives that you know, think they're better than everyone because they're in a girl gang. And it's like, well, no, yeah. like most of us are really good and we actually do want to help you. <laughs> I promise. Yeah. So that is what a key spouse can do for you. If you're in need of help at all, just reach out to them anytime. If you don't know who yours yes. is, call the Airmen and Family Readiness Center and they will put you in contact with who the key spouse is because they have a whole list, a whole roster of everyone. Right. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. They're just there to help you with all your military needs and squadron stuff because that shit is hard. Um, Yes. There is something kind of similar in the Army and Marines, though they don't have the spouses or not the, it's not a volunteer thing for spouses. Um, What I could find, because it was kind of confusing, so if I'm wrong at all, you all can correct me in some way, because I don't know. But what I found was that our, the Army and Marine sides have like a, just like an advisor and they're their ways of the support, pretty much. The Army has the FRG, okay. which is the Family Readiness Group, which kind of controls all of the support. They assign a um, an advisor for a 
couple of units is what it seemed like. Or maybe it was for mm. the Marines. Either way, you have an advisor who oversees the units who then if you have any questions, you can talk to that person. So, yeah. Okay. It was it was kind of confusing. They have support, which is good. I just feel like they could benefit from a volunteer more. I don't know. Yeah. That's just me. But the Navy has something similar to the Key Spouse Program, and I'm so sorry if I pronounce this wrong. It's a very strange word to me. It's called the Navy Ombudsman. Squeeze me. Yeah. O-M-B-U-D-S-M-A-N. <laughs> Oh, it's probably an acronym for something then. Uh, you know what? I st- I didn't see anything. Oh, that's strange. On if it was an acronym or if it stood for something, but ombudsman. And I'm, I don't know what that is. But huh. they're pretty much the same as the key spouse program is they're that link between commanding officer and the family members. And this person must be a spouse of active, du- active duty or reserves. Um, of that specific command and they go through obt ombudsman basic training (laughs) it has to stand for something i feel like i I know it's it's a weird word they use that tell us i don't know it's a weird word that apparently they had um they just recently i think it was last week they had um that word appreciation day so they have an actual day set for those volunteers they have a like a like we get military spouse appreciation date they have their own day as well which i think is really Mm -hmm. awesome because it's a lot of work you put a lot of effort into it and then it's just volunteer you don't sometimes you don't get much Mm -hmm. out of it um and yeah you put a lot of hard work behind it and it's nice to be yeah appreciated it's nice to be able to provide them with information, and I think that's what it is with the key spouse program that we're involved in in any ways. It's like you're a reliable source to, for them versus going on, like, Facebook and asking questions and getting information from someone that doesn't necessarily have all the correct information or is just giving you their opinion. Right. When you go to the key spouse and the key spouse, because we have been trained to be able to find the resources and point them in the right direction of what they need in order to answer their question if we don't have the answer for them. So that's what I always tell them, be like, I will try my best to answer all your questions, but if I don't have them, I will direct you in the direction of the resources that can provide you with an answer. And um, you are in contact with the... um, with like the the commander or the first sergeant here and you know in relationship to the air force with us i'm not sure how to direct it to the other branches but with a higher up that controls that squadron or that unit um so you have the information from them for you to provide for the spouses and like you said it's very it's ideal for incoming spouses that are either new to the base or just new to the military and also deployed spouses and um, I like to reach out to the new mamas too for for support just to make sure that they're doing good after they have a baby yes yeah I think that's very important yeah we're there to put a you know do meal trains and stuff like that too I know a couple Mm -hmm. um the key spouse before me would uh set up meal trains um, if somebody was in the hospital or they were, uh, something happened to them or they had a baby, you know, it's, you set some stuff up so that they're ready to go. 
uh, for a few days. Um, when we were in Kansas, we would do baby showers. We would hold baby showers uh, oh. for our spouses because there wasn't very many of us. Honestly, there was maybe at most five sometimes. So there was hardly any spouses. So it was always nice that we did that. It was a way for us to get together as well because that's another thing you can do is um, put together get-togethers and, you know, once a month socials just to reach out to each other Mm -hmm. and, you know, connect and have a good time, have some fun. Yeah, yeah. And, And you as a key spouse should take this very seriously and really refrain from getting involved in any sort of drama yeah. that there might be, yes. any conflicts. You don't want to be a part of that. You don't want to cause any of that. Yes. So it's it's best to know what hat you're wearing at what time. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, so not get involved in that kind of stuff. You just got to be professional about it. You're still a friend. You're still able to be a friend to those spouses and provide comfort for them, but like we were told, don't let it become a regular thing. Like, like, oh, can you watch my child? Of course, if it's like a last minute thing, and you don't have a, a, a resource, another reliable resource for it. Of course, I will help you, but don't let it become a regular thing. Like right. I'm just here to provide you with information and a bit of a push to help you. Exactly. Yes. Uh, yeah. You always have to remember who you're representing. You're representing your spouse's unit and the Air Force. So don't mm-hmm. get sucked into the bad stuff. Yeah. I actually have a key spouse meeting later today. We're doing a virtual one. Um, and so we meet with the commander and his his wife and then like our first shirt. So we get a lot of information from them, give them updates on how the spouses that we're taking care of are, which mine are all doing great from what I've heard and what I've seen and what I've asked anyways. Mm-hmm. So and that makes me happy because like most of them were like deployed. Most oh, of yeah. the spouses on my husband's ship where all the guys were deployed. And so I've been just checking on them and they all look really happy now that they're back. So, yay. That's good. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's the best thing. Way to go, yeah. Veronica. Look at you being a great old key spouse and everything. Oh, um, I try because I'm like you, Jen. Like, no one ever reached out to me when Kyle was deployed. You know, he's been deployed three times. But the one, the first time it was like I was getting phone calls from yeah sergeant so and so be like oh what's the happening it would scare people. me <laughs> yeah but no one ever reached out to me to see how I was doing or nothing like nothing granted I had a really big family in the fire department and I'm grateful for that because I had a lot of firewives to lean on so I had that and I'm grateful for that. And um, I was asked to be a key spouse back when we were in Montana, but I had just had my daughter. And so I was like, I don't think it's the right fit for me at the time. And so when I was asked here, I jumped on it right away. And it's yeah. been nice. It's been really nice to be a part of um, of such a cool team. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And yeah, don't think that it's like a huge, like, uh, full-time commitment and everything. I mean, honestly... No. You are just there to get the information, pass it along, check in and make sure yeah. people know who you are. Basically, they want you want them to know who you are so they know who to reach out to if something comes up. Right. And then you really have to be social. Yeah. You have to be social. So that's a big standout there. Be social. Be just be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Again, please. 
Be fucking nice. Be fucking nice already, <laughs> goddammit. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that was Jen. great. Veronica, your story was, oh my gosh. Roller Just coaster of emotions. Seriously. Yeah, I know. That was uh, crazy. That was fucking yeah. insane. Thank you for providing us with all that information on the key spouses. And I hope this uh, gives people information and be like, oh, what's a key spouse? I'm going to go find out. There you go. Or, you know, in uh, whatever branch you're in and you're listening, it's like reach out to somebody that can provide you with that information. If there's a designated group for it, there is. There has to be. Yes. Find it. There's always going to be. It. There's always going to be a group. I know there's there's dedicated spouse groups in other branches as well, even if they don't have this specific type of program that, you know, like the Air Force and the Navy do. I mean, there's still always going to be some sort of mm-hmm. spouse advocacy or something for you guys. So Something, yeah. So find it. Yes. And then write, email us and tell us what it's called. Yeah. Or the Navy ones, tell us what that acronym stands for because it has to be an acronym. Yeah, acronym. tell me What's what... What's it called again? Ombudsman. What's it called? Ombudsman. Ombudsman? That has Someone to be, that it has to mean something, so it's a weird yeah. word. Yeah, it's very weird. I like it. <laughs> I like weird. Great. That's all I have for today. I'll tell you right now, I'm starving. I'm starving. I'm so hungry. I'm sorry. It's, yeah. I already had, I had dinner. I have a new crock pot express that is a pressure Ooh. cooker. And it is fucking awesome. It was cheap. It's under $100, and it works just like the Instapot. Crock-Pot, you should sponsor us because I love you, and I use that thing almost every fucking day. (laughs) Ooh, you have to – you're going to have to send me the link because I have been wanting one. I know – I think it's, like, Ninja that makes, like, a Crock-Pot, Instapot, uh, air fryer. Ninja Foodie, It's, like, an all-in-one. Yep. Oh, I want one. Oh, I want one so bad. Yeah. But then I'm like, what would I make in there? Like Everything. I don't know. So many I things. like making everything from scratch, too. So And you can do that Dude, with us? Jen, the other day I made cinnamon rolls. I was like, <gasps> I'm jonesing for some cinnamon rolls. And Kyle re-enlisted mm-hmm. last week, his indefinite re-enlistment. Remember, we've talked about that. Yay! Look for the episode. But So, yeah, Kyle's in forever. But um, I was like, hey, to celebrate, I'm going to make something. Like, what do you want? He's like, oh, cookies are always good. I was like, I always make cookies. It's so boring. Like, they're easy, but they're so (laughs) boring. And so I was like, I'm going to make cinnamon rolls. So I went at it all morning, and I made cinnamon rolls. And let me tell you, Jen, they beat Cinnabon out of the park. I was like, what did I put in these? They were so good. Magic. So, so good. And I took them to the fire station, and Kyle said, um... One of the guys came in, like a few of them actually, they're like, those are the best cinnamon rolls I've ever had in my life. And I was like, don't jinx it, don't jinx it, because they were really good. They were so gooey in the middle. And like, I put that cream cheese frosting on the top, and I was like, this this is money. I'm going to make these again soon. Yeah. And it, it was face. so easy. It really I was. I was like, this is a lot of stuff. It was just a lot of waiting for the dough to rise. But right. It was easy. I want to do it too. I just, I'm waiting for my rolling pin to come. <laughs> for your rolling pin? I need my rolling just pin. Just use a cup. Oh. Use a cup. Okay. Or a bottle. Yeah. It's a good idea. A wine bottle that, you know, I get every weekend. Yes, exactly. <laughs> a wine bottle is perfect because they're pretty much the same size. Like, yeah. They don't, they don't taper off. Mm. I don't think they do. Depends and you know what what's, you get. know what is always stocked here too, what I'm impressed with? What? Flour and yeast. I can find it. 
any day I go. Oh, it was a it was a panic here for a little bit when we didn't have any flour anywhere. Yeah. And yeast. yeast. Yeast and flour is yeah. always stocked here, but you know what's not? Yogurt. Oh, really? Fucking yogurt. I can't ever get my yogurt when I go. I have to go. I always have to go on a Friday afternoon, <sighs> and then they finally stock the yogurt again. I don't get it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, but those cinnamon rolls. I know, I've been Pinteresting like crazy lately, and so I mm-hmm. have seen cinnamon rolls lately, and they've they look really good. I love baking. I love yeah. eating my baked goods. I don't like baking. I like eating my baked goods. Right. I like to eat. I like to eat. So I've been experimenting with lots of food. And this is how bored I am. I made meatloaf for lunch today because I'm not bored. For lunch. For lunch. For lunch. For lunch. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You're, look at you. You're so <laughs> dedicated. I'm so bored. <laughs> the kids are home. Dave is home. It's just like I'm, I don't know what yeah. else to do. I'm so bored. Um, sorry, Jen. Soon you won't be bored. You'll be uncovering hundreds of boxes. Oh, yeah. Anywho, yoo-hoo, that's who. <laughs> <laughs> yoo-hoo, email us at dependesplaining at gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We want to hear from you. Check us out on the Milso Muster app. Just check out the app, subscribe to it, and uh, subscribe to us and rate us. Give us yes. five stars. I don't care yes. if you leave a comment or not. But if you're going to leave a one star, you better tell us what we're doing wrong so we can fix it. Yeah. Okay. Great. God, we got, I'm glad we got that settled. <laughs> we're on the same you page now. You know who you are, one star. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You had a rough day or we've all been there. I want to give one stars to just the day yesterday. Two stars. Two stars because I got a parking ticket, but I did eat delicious Thai food. Mm-hmm. So I'm like three stars. <laughs> three stars. We'll see. <laughs> yes. But yeah. Yeah. Rate, 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 rate. Let us help us out and uh, shoot us to the top of the list. That'd be great. Yay. Tell your friends. Share. Tell your family. Tell other fellow dependents. Just tell everybody. Just randomly stop people on the street. Grab them by the shoulders and shake them violently. Be like, have you heard of dependent lighting? <laughs> Well, you should start listening to it now. And then take their phone out of their hands because you know they're walking around with that phone in their hands. Always. And just download, just download Feel So Muster for them. <laughs> Look at that. I'm just solving the problems today. Yeah. You do not take no for an answer if someone says, <laughs> I don't have time right now. Or no. You say, no, give me your phone. Type it in. Yeah. Find us on Spotify. Find us on Apple. Find us on whatever they have on their phone. Google. Everywhere. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Just do it. Yeah. You just put them on there. Everywhere. You just open us yeah. up and watch us bloom. <laughs> open us up. Watch us flow out. Watch us entertain you. We are everywhere. Yeah. Guess what? Wherever you go, there, there you, you are. are. <laughs>